I know that everybody has a journey and something that they do. And I just encourage people, this is not your practice life. This is it. Leave it all on the field and make it happen for yourself. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have educator, tech expert, and co-founder of Kids Deserve It, Adam Welcome, as he shares why building a community is a necessity, how to embrace the things you don't know, and ways to use technology to better the classroom. We are back with our education agent, Ryan Giffen, today, and here's his interview with Mr. Adam Welcome. Adam uh, is co-founder, co-creator of one of the largest education movements uh, in the country in the last, I'd say, 10 to 20 years, Um, and and really utilizing social media as a platform and kind of a a way to spread kind of the message, Uh, and it's just been wildfire. The hashtags are always crazy, you know, active, Um, your you know, uh, Twitter chats and uh, engagement rate, you know, most people who are, you know, putting on, putting together some kind of content for their brand would dream of something like that. And you've done that. Um, Tell us a little bit about that movement. Yeah, the movement started with uh, my co-author, co-creator, co-conspirator, Todd (laughs) Todd Nessaloni, who's also a principal and premier speaker. And I think our story is a is I think is a is a really good story for people to hear mm-hmm. because we met through social media obviously because how else do you meet you know Twitter and social media is kind of like Match.com for educators it's where you go meet people <laughs> but to collaborate the professional Match professional yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm serious and when we when we created Kids Deserve It we we just wanted to change the world we mm. wanted to make a positive impact. We, we weren't right away, we wanna write a book and like be speaking all over the country. We wanted to just put our message out there in a positive way mm-hmm. to help inspire teachers to remember their why. And when you do it from like a grassroots level with passion and heart and you have positive intentions, this is what can happen. And it really mm-hmm. is, I call it a movement, an ecosystem. It's right. really bigger than us and that's what we wanted. And uh, it's reminding people of their why and why they got into education. And uh, check out the hashtag, Kids Deserve It. It's, uh, I mean, we sell t-shirts. We donate all that money back to education nonprofits. I love walking through a random airport and seeing a Kids Deserve It t-shirt. Yes. All the time. It's, <laughs> it's just fun. And that just speaks to the heart and the passion that you guys poured into that, mm-hmm. which when that's authentic, that's build what, a community. That's right. People want, that's why there's gangs and fraternities and sororities because people want to belong to something. So whatever it is you want to do or whatever it is you don't even know what you want to do yet, get enough people around you to build a tribe or a community because yeah. communities last. People can come and go from a community and that's okay. And they might be gone, but they know they can always come back right. when they need that community. And, and I think that's really important. And I think that's something that is in the DNA and education. It's not all the time something that's seen surface level in education. And a lot of people have negative experiences as teachers or educators or through multiple circumstances. Sure. But that that's the DNA of education is that we're all in it together because of kids and for kids. And that's why kids deserve it. That's right. Um, what kind of brought you to the point where you wanted to go and speak and share your message? You know, unfortunately, it took um, a lot of time. 
I tell people this is like the last 15 years of work and hustle uh, coming to fruition. And I didn't even know I wanted to be here or was going to be here. And that's the beautiful part of the journey. But really, the message is no matter what you're going to do now, you got to or later on, you got to put that work in. And um, people, think that, people think it happens overnight, and it does not happen overnight, people. And I think another good point, too, is you don't even need to know where you're going to go exactly. You just got to start going. Mm. And if you don't start going, you're not going to get anywhere. And people are just hamstrung by, I want to build a PowerPoint presentation. I want to have it outlined. I want right. to know what it's going to look like and where I'm going to go. And in my three-year plan, like three years, I'm like six-month plan. You know, like we're, I mean, we're booked out right. a year, but things change within six months. You can't have right. that three to five year plan. You can know that you want to go somewhere and you want to diversify and get bigger and whatever, whatever your industry is. But I think you just have to take it, um, be patient and just work your butt off and really reinvest back into yourself. And that's something mm -hmm. that you and I talk a lot about. Right. People get to a certain point and they think they've made it. And right. they've let their, they let their briefcase or their backpack hit the floor and that's it. And you just can't let things hit the floor. You have to constantly invest in yourself and not just financially, but with work, with watching other videos or studying content or paying to go to a conference to watch other speakers so I can learn from them. And a lot of people look at me like, why would you do that? Because that's how you get better. I mean, mm -hmm. Steph Curry, yes, I'm a Warriors fan. Oh, and by the way, they're going to the finals again. Again. Do you think he doesn't watch film of other players and teams and learn and see, not mm -hmm. just to, when they play them, but like, hey, I'm going to learn something from this from this other player. hundred uh, percent they do. I think that's, an, that's a great point you make because I, I work with speakers in the education world here at Premier and uh, one of the things I tell them is, do you have any video? And they always say no because – Recording video and keynote speaking kind of conflict with reproducing and, you know, your content or your, you know, intellectual property being used out. And one of the most missed opportunities is recording yourself speaking as a speaker and going back and, and, re, and reviewing the tape like Peyton Manning does mm -hmm. on game uh, on, you know, Monday you know morning or Tuesday morning, whatever day he was playing. Right. And um, I'm wondering that that I've always wondered if that's something that you feel like teachers should be doing more. If you're a teacher in a or even a, a principal leading a staff meeting, like what's the culture sound like and feel mm -hmm. like when I'm leading a staff meeting and, and, and you know, doing things, you know, have you ever. So I 100 percent think it's important. And even on a simpler level, just record the audio. And I do this when yes. I speak to them sometimes. I'll just put an iPad on the floor in front of the stage and just hit record on the voice memo. That's smart. Because I don't even need to see myself per se. Yes, that's important how you move around the stage and kind of work the audience. But just hearing, dang, I said, um, three times yes. or uh, whatever yep. it might be or that cadence was too fast. And that transcribes to so many different things. To teachers in the classroom all day mm -hmm. long, you don't need mm -hmm. fancy cameras. You don't need to hire somebody. Put your iPhone. Heck, have one of your students right. get a lanyard with like a little badge and put, they're the teacher video person of the day. Great idea. And like 15 minutes. It doesn't need to be an hour lesson. doesn't need to be half the day. Do a 10 or 15 minute lesson interaction with students just to see who did I call on? Did mm -hmm. I call on boys and girls? 
within those 15 minutes, if you were talking 13 of those minutes, you're talking too much. <laughs> you got to give the voice back to the students. That's right. So it's helpful in a lot of ways. I mean, hey, even to put it back on you, when you're talking to a client, mm -hmm. how are you interacting with a client? Exactly. Especially if you've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. You've been an agent 11 years mm -hmm. and um, it just, it's, it's, it's healthy. And I think to the point of going to watch other people, you know, when I go watch somebody else or when I was a teacher and I would go watch another teacher, you learn what you want to do and also what you don't want to do. Yeah. So you just, you pick and choose. And that's the great thing. You can kind of cherry pick. I like that part of their lesson or how they responded and interacted to this with the students. Or I like that speaker and what they did in that particular time or how they transitioned from one thought to a completely different thought. And I know it was a two different thoughts, but the audience had no idea because mm -hmm. it was a really smooth transition. Mm -hmm. And those things obviously come with experience and time but you have to reinvest in yourself to, to get to that point. One thing, I want to go back a couple years. You and I were, uh, and Todd, were in Chicago. We had just taken a sweet picture in front of Wrigley Field, and you're like, hey, I'm thinking about running a whole bunch of marathons. Yes. And we are talking about this, and you, you probably, I'm taking full credit for it. I give you credit. But I said, you should write a book about that. Yeah. And Todd and I were like, absolutely, dude. Tell me about that whole project and what kind of came into a, a book yeah. about mindset and those different types of things. Yeah, so I uh, I decided to write to run a bunch of marathons and I wanted to run. Most people that run marathons run two to three a year. Right. I wanted to run twelve. I wanted to really push myself because I think it's a really living in 2019. We're we're comfortable. If we want to get food, we can go buy some food. If you want to, if you're cold, you can turn on the heat. And the only way I think to really grow is to push yourself. And I really wanted to push myself. Mm -hmm. And I signed. I literally had the idea. I was. We were together. Go home. I told my wife. And the next day, I sat down and I signed up for like every marathon <laughs> the next day. Yeah. And That's then crazy. in June, I realized that my December marathon was going to be the 19th marathon of my life. And being a teacher, I didn't want to end on that uneven number. Whoa. So I actually ran that December marathon twice. I ran it backwards from the finish to the start at 1am. And then I turned around and ran the rest of the race back. And you might think, wow, that's pretty cool, Adam. <laughs> but like, I wasn't done. Two weeks later, I ran a 24-hour race where you just run nonstop as far as you can Crazy. for 24 hours. And I ran 103 miles in 24 hours. And you know, I you encouraged me to write a book, and I was I was skeptical who would want to read about some guy running. But the book morphed into the book is about running, but it's not about running. It's right. about pushing yourself and whatever your whatever you do, do it more. Do it mm -hmm. with more passion because you have more inside of you. When I in, started that journey, I didn't know if I was actually going to even be able to finish. Can, your, can my body hold up? I was still working full time and I was doing some speaking and traveling and I have a family and the spoiler is it, it wasn't that hard because when you prepare yourself physically and mentally yep. and you have a community and a tribe around you virtually to support you when you don't want to wake up and train or when you don't want to wake up and do whatever it is that you do, your community and your tribe is there. So it is more of a mindset. The book is about running, but it's just my journey. And I know that everybody has a journey and something that they do. And I just encourage people 
this is not your practice life. You, this is it. Leave it, it all on the field yep. and make it happen for yourself. And in turn, teachers, principals, when you push yourself and your students see you pushing themselves, guess what? Your students are going to push themselves even exactly. more because they see you doing it. And to me, that's exactly why we do what we do in education to get the most out of our kids mm -hmm. intellectually, socially, shatter the glass ceiling, whatever it may be. So, but you got to be the model. You can't just yep. talk about it. You got to do it. Stop talking, start doing. You've traveled the country speaking to schools and conferences. You've got incredible perspective. What would just be the one thing you would want to say, like the one piece of encouragement or advice or hey, you may not see this every day in your school district in Cleveland, Ohio, or in Provo, Utah, or wherever you're a teacher or a professional at, what would be the one thing you want to use as like a, a, an encouragement for them? This is going to be um, an interesting term of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Get over yourself. Mm. Get over what you don't know. Get over what you haven't been trained on. Get over the fact that your students first graders maybe, may know more than you with technology. <laughs> that's true. And that's completely okay. I tell teachers all the time, you are important. You are more important than ever. You are just important in different ways than you were 10, 15, 20 years ago. So let go, let it go. Trust in the process. Continue to build relationships. You know curriculum. You know content. Whatever you don't know, it's okay because that's why we have Google and Alexa and Siri. And that's why there are eight-year-olds that can do all of those things and just trust the process. Let, let go of what you don't know. That's mm -hmm. how you're going to get to the next level. That's how you're going to have more fun in your classroom. That's how you're going to have less behavior issues in your classroom. Mm -hmm. The best behavior program is an engaged classroom. Yes. And the best way to get kids engaged is to get them moving and thinking and talking and collaborating. Don't give them another worksheet. Yes. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more about today's guest, visit beyondspeak.com. This episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was me, Eric Woody. Brian Lord was your host and executive producer. Shout out to special consultant Lauren D. of D. Associates and Robert Borquez for that sweet, sweet intro. If you've listened this far, do me a favor and justify my existence and salary by checking out another episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast.